0: This is the Questioning Christianity podcast, back on your uh, iPod. I'm Dan McClellan, and he's Rob Helton. Rob, how's it going? Good, Dan. How are you? I do quite well. By and, the way, uh, do
1: you still have an iPod?
0: Uh, no, but they call them a podcast, so I just okay. assumed. <laughs> I, <didn't>, I, have, <laughs> I don't think I actually ever had an iPod. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't cool <laughs> okay. enough or uh, wealthy enough to even afford one. Not even one of the little sissy iPod
1: nanas. Oh, yeah, really? Okay. I think I ended up with one some I inherited one from one of my kids somehow. But I digress. I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting your introduction.
0: Yeah, um, and we we've taken a little bit of a hiatus, you know. And so, <laughs> what I want to do is really introduce this as season three. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, or maybe it's season four. I, we've taken uh-huh. some hi, hiatuses or hiatus over the years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I always have a good time talking with you. And uh, and so I'm glad we're, we're getting back together. And if you're joining yeah, likewise. us, we're, we're glad to have you with us too. It, it's been sort of a weird summer. Everyone's got problems, right? And so uh, we're no
1: exception. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and,
0: yeah. and so I think that that's had something to do with it. Uh, a couple of job changes uh, over here on my side. And, um, and, and that schedule change is, has been sort of tough to do. And mm. uh, the continuing pandemic um things sort of tricky but um i hope that this is something that we can do uh more regularly because i tell you what rob i went back and listened to a lot of our episodes and i find them i find them pretty helpful um i don't know if anyone else has that sort of uh, uh reaction to it but uh I, I enjoyed going back and listening to some, especially the, like those about the kingdom of God and the red letters. And so I think these conversations are helpful to me. So
1: good, good.
0: today's episode is entitled www.IWentToChurchOnline.com. <laughs> that's, Maybe that's a good a, title. Well, we may or yeah. may not stick with that, but it's all about sort of like the health of the church here in the year 2021. And you're a pastor, and, uh, and I'm a, um, a church, uh, I guess, I'm not a
1: member by the, the legal You wouldn't term. think of yourself as a parishioner?
0: Oh, I might. I'm not <laughs> sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some yeah. sort of participant.
1: Uh, um, yeah, and cool. so,
0: um, you know, I've attended my fair share of services online. In fact, I've uh, listened to some of yours um,
1: online. And, oh, uh, Bless your heart, as we say in the South.
0: <laughs> no, I would say overall it's better than nothing, right? <laughs> uh, no, not 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 you specifically, just the, the ability to join online. Uh, it was better sure. than, than, than not being able to participate at all. But I think what we wanted to get at a little bit was what are sort of the long term ramifications of, of doing church this way? And are we missing
1: something? you know watching church from my recliner and and I guess maybe while I'm thinking about it Dan I would really like to hear back from some of you guys as to what your experience has been with church during the pandemic if you've got if you've done it online and how you feel about that I'm I'm truly interested as a pastor to know how that's working for people and how people feel about that right after we had to shut down right after the lockdown we did a couple of weeks we just kind of threw something together and i think that we recorded on an iphone or something um a week or two of basically me just uh kind of getting up in front of the phone and, and talking i think we maybe did a little bit of music and put that out online for like two weeks and but then we transitioned to doing outside services at my church. We still put it online. Uh, We did 26 straight weeks, 26 straight Sundays outside, and fortunately did not have to have a rain day for any of those, so we did pretty well. We managed to get all the way through the summer months, and of um, course, we had shade trees and things that, that made it better. And we also, people could stay in their cars and listen to it on the radio. We, we had the you know technology to do that. But anyway, but when we came back inside, what we discovered is, of course, we knew that we weren't going to have as many people, and there were going to be a lot of people who were reluctant to come back inside. And now I think that we're we, we still have some of that. And I think we also have this group of people who... Kind of like you were saying, the online thing has become pretty attractive to them. Um, It's very convenient. They're able just to kind of sit there in their pajamas with their coffee and tune in to church, so to speak. And I'm wondering at this point if for some people that's just going to be their new norm, their new normal. And I'm a little bit concerned about that
0: yeah i i see that and uh, i certainly have had a a a fair number of sundays over the past year where i've done that where i've watched a church service in my pajamas and drank coffee and it was over and sort of checked that off my list and felt good (laughs) about having done that (laughs) all right church is done for the day i should say this too that i think for some churches the transition online has been easier for others and i don't necessarily mean that as a good thing i am attending a non-denominational church that I really like and the people are very kind and the message is always something that um, I don't have to explain to my daughter afterwards. Like, Hey, here's, here's some things that were said that I don't agree with. (laughs) (laughs) But you get those good things. And in return, what you get is sort of like this big production value. That's a windowless facility. It's dark the songs that you sing are all using like personal singular pronouns. Um, mm, and yep. and so you could do that at home just as well as in the building because mm-hmm. it's all about you. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sit really great with me, but I don't, I don't really know what to do about it. But I think for, <laughs> for those of us that have gotten used to that, then it, it's like the logical next step. Well, let's just do it online. But in your opinion, what are, what are the risks or the negative consequences of uh, sort of taking that approach to the church? Uh, yeah, uh, it's a good question.
1: Uh, where to start? You remember Paul, the Apostle Paul's analogy of the church as the body of Christ. Um, you can find that um, in a couple passages. I think one is in Romans chapter. 12 um, where paul talks about the church as the body of christ and he uses that metaphor to help us understand that as a member of that body say for instance i'm the thumb on the right hand or whatever by definition i can't be the body without the rest of the body the church is just not something is is not an entity or an organism that can exist as not a whole organism. That's that's really bad way to try to explain it. But you I know, think people um, will
0: be quoting you, um, you know, years from now. I know, I know. It's just like really catchy.
1: Ron Tra- Hilton
0: said it best when Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, you know, yeah. You just can't pull a part of the body off and, and lay it over by itself, and then that part that's laid over by itself, you know, continues to even live. So I think that that's the disconnection that we're finding in the church right now. In that way, I think people may may not realize it, but by not being you know physically with other members of the church then they simply are not functioning as the church even though you know they may feel really good about their experience online i'm grateful that we have the online thing i mean our church has used it i don't know if we can sustain christian spirituality with the online thing to be a part of a family, we'll use that analogy, switch from the body to the family, to be a part of a family, then you have to be connected to that family in some way. So I just feel like we're struggling with that right now. And I agree with what you're saying too, Dan, it's the online thing is, is not something that's created that Problem, I think maybe the online thing has accentuated the problem some. Mm -hmm. I believe we're pretty disconnected even when we gather on Sunday morning.
0: Then what, I guess, is the purpose of the church? Or what does it look like when we are
1: connected the way that Paul was describing us as a body? Mm. The early church, they were very aware that they were an interdependent group. The church became, for some people, sort of of their surrogate family. Some people, when they became followers of Jesus, were rejected by their biological families. And they turned to the church to be their new family. And so they did life together. They provided for one another. I was reading the other day a, a really good book, by the way, that I would recommend if someone's interested in learning about the church in about the first three, four centuries, it's called the patient ferment of the early church. And I can't, the author's name won't come to me now, but these churches had food pantries so that they could share with members who, for whatever reason, didn't have enough food. They had clothing closets. They didn't have church buildings. They were house churches. You have to remember that they weren't really recognized and for a while, they were persecuted, and so they they didn't really have opportunities to build churches until after Constantine made Christianity legal. For them, church was like doing life together every day. They would meet in the mornings before they went to work and pray together, and then they would you know, all go out and do their jobs. And it wasn't a commune. They didn't live together necessarily but they did a life together and i think man that um i'm not saying that we have to try to recreate that but but we're like a long long way from that right now i think
0: yeah i was just thinking you know how how busy we are and getting together once a week is a struggle Mm -hmm. together twice a week would be like uh something maybe you could do a, a time or two a year but uh, mm-hmm. the idea of like going about day to day as a surrogate family um, is is very different, very different mm-hmm. from where we are.
1: Sure, yeah, I don't think we have to replicate that. One of the beauties, beautiful things about the church is that whatever circumstances the church is in, they seem to adapt to to whatever those circumstances are. I think that maybe we need one another more than we realize. But because of these busy lifestyles that we lead, we're shortchanging ourselves a little bit. One of the things that the church did that I find interesting, and it's different from the way we do church now, another, another thing about the early church is they didn't do evangelism. Their goal was not really to go out and get new people to come into a Sunday morning worship service. In fact, their worship services were closed to the public. You couldn't come to worship if you were not already a Christian, which I found really weird. I don't think we necessarily need to replicate that either. But Yeah, this is the first I've heard of that. Yeah, that's part of why they had this very close-knit family. You might wonder, how did the church grow in the first three centuries then? and they And they grew exponentially during that period of time. They just went out into their communities, and they just lived life so differently from what we would call the pagan world people were just really curious about these strange people called christians and they were kind of drawn to them they 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 were attracted you know to their lifestyle and so they would ask why do you live the way you live and you know what makes you so different and and then the christian would take that opportunity to say well I'm a follower of Jesus, and if you want to learn about Jesus, then let me introduce you to my bishop. And then then that Christian would bring his friend, he would become his sponsor, kind of like AA. And he would bring his friend to the bishop and introduce him to his bishop. And then after talking with the bishop, if that person still wanted to learn more about what it meant to be a follower of Jesus— Then that person would become a catechumen, a a student, and they would attend classes, typically in the morning before they went to work and at night when they came home from work. And get this, the average time to do what we would call catechism was three years. Master's degree. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Three years of basically learning the teachings of Jesus learning the fundamental teachings of Jesus, and then going out and putting those into practice, and then the bishop sort of critiquing that, and seeing how this person is developing spiritually. Then after, let's say, two to four years, somewhere in that range, when the bishop was confident that this person was serious about following Jesus, then the person could request baptism and become an official member of the church. I guess, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but I guess I want to say we've shallowed out church a little bit. If we've made church so consumer-friendly and just sort of participating at a superficial level—
0: yeah, I got you. I mean, a lot of churches do small groups and some sort of Bible study. I mean, how much focus should we be putting on learning? That's kind of a tough question, and I work in education, so I sort of understand what, what goes into that. But we do want people of all backgrounds and, um, you know, quite frankly, intelligence levels to to be able to experience God and so how you you know you'd have to yeah. be like a university to put together a program like these uh, cataclysms or whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Catamounts okay, whatever. so so maybe we need to redefine what we mean by learning a little bit. Okay, so, okay, so for you and I, you know, us, you know, good Western people, when we talk about learning, we're talking about basically taking a body of information and. You know, memorizing it, or, or somehow being able to manipulate it and, and use it, you know, in some way, for ancient people, that wasn't exactly what they meant by learning. Now they did memorize scripture, yeah, you know, that was a part of it, but for them, um, the, the learning was uh, about life transformation. It was about being in the presence of these other Christians. And they believed in that context, the Holy Spirit was very active so that there was a transformational process going on.
0: So the the early church's focus on learning was more about like how to live, you know, how to live this life, how to go about life. Yeah. And can't we do that um online or or can we not? I think I just asked well, the same question twice. Can't can yeah, we or can can't. we not do that online? <laughs>
1: think life transformation can happen in a lot of ways. But I believe that the kind of transformational experience that a person needs to live out the teachings of Jesus, I think, requires community. And it requires, I believe, this dynamic where the passage where it says where two or three are gathered in my name, then I am in the midst of them. In other words, Jesus is teaching that there's something dynamic. There's something deeply spiritual going on when followers of Jesus come together to do this life together. And it's formative. It shapes us. It changes us. So yeah, I mean, I think that people can certainly develop and grow, you know, doing church online and you know watching it. I'm just, I, but I don't know that we can, I don't think that we can get at the real core of the Christian experience just with the online church.
0: What sort of advice do do we have or do we have any advice about how do we build more community? How do we think of church less like something I consume and Mm -hmm. more like a body or a family?
1: Some of our listeners that are in different parts of the world uh, particularly eastern parts of the world, can probably maybe enlighten us, they probably have a better handle on this than, than I do. Here's where I think, Dan, That I think here's where we're heading. I think that, at least in, in our part of the world, the church is moving back toward more of the house church model, little communities of people doing life together and uh, worshiping together. The pandemic, I don't think, has created that, but it, it's ramped it up. More churches have been closing their doors permanently since the pandemic hit. More pastors are leaving the ministry since the pandemic hit. So I think we're going to, we're, we're moving toward a more organic expression of the church, not the slick, polished, high production kind of church for one hour on Sunday morning kind of thing. That will probably still have a place and serve a purpose, but I think that's not the way that the tide is shifting at this point. I think it's shifting back toward this more smaller organic expression. Think of the church in China without the persecution. I think that's kind of the the, the direction we're going the, you know, back in the 50s when communism came into China the church went underground and became a house church movement and I think that that's kind of what's going to happen in the West
0: That's interesting I know a lot of churches had to shut down or go entirely online for a long period of time and then maybe it wasn't safe because kids couldn't get vaccinated so you'd see like children's pastors sort of quitting or getting laid off I have a relative who is an accountant And does some bookkeeping, and this church that she works with is basically almost out of business. I mean, I I know that's just one example, but it it does seem to be sort of the trajectory. But, you know, something hopefully something very good can come from it. And I guess maybe the challenge then for us is to whether we're in a a formal setting or not, but to reach out and to, to see that that community part, I guess, is just as important. Or if not, yeah, or more so, more important than any other
1: part. Yeah, I think so. You know, when people ask me about, especially people who are not comfortable with what the church has been for the last while, sort of the the conventional expression of the church, whether that's mainline churches that are more liturgical or the more contemporary um, mega church kind of models. One thing I tell. I tell people who are looking for something that they can't quite put their finger on but they but they know it's there is you know I think just be sensitive to the direct to the way the holy spirit's working look for relationships connections that I believe the holy spirit is orchestrating and then be intentional about building on that I think maybe the lord might connect one family with another family and those two families began to have spiritual conversations together and somehow began to do life together in some meaningful ways and worship together and then maybe it becomes three families or something like that. I think that like a lot of other things the passage the Romans eight twenty eight passage that we quote a lot that God works all things together for good for those who love him. I think, you know, the pandemic was definitely not good and God didn't cause it, but God can cause good things to come out of it. And I believe that we're going to see that. Um, We just have to be willing to, you know, be in it for the long haul.
0: I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Appreciate it, Rob. And we'd love to know what you think let us know Uh, send us an email Uh, you can do that through our website questioningchristianitypodcast.com you can also message us uh, on facebook i think we're on twitter too but i don't think rob and i know how to use twitter so (laughs) maybe maybe stick to one of the first two but uh, let us know wherever you are in the world what your church is doing your view of church the direction you think it's going and we'd like to you know we'll include it and and your questions in uh our next episode and, Rob, you and I, we've got to come up with some topics for some more shows. This is fun. I want to get
1: back into doing uh, this. I know. Yeah, we needed to see if we can think about um, maybe a- another series of shows or something. We'll, yeah. we'll work on that.
0: Uh, I'm a little reluctant to suggest the topic because the last time I chose the topic, um, we took a nine-month break after that. <laughs> episode, <so. laughs>
1: I don't think it's because you chose the topic, man.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate that, Rob. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Share this episode with a friend. Make sure you uh, subscribe, and we'll see you next time on the Questioning Christianity podcast.